In part 1, I address the background and causes for God bringing His end times wrath on the inhabitants of the earth on the day of the Lord. I also address the Lord's personal vengeance and some aspects of His fighting against His and His people's adversary on this day. In this passage part 2, I will discuss the day of the Lord as it will manifest as a war in heaven as well as how signs in the sun, moon and stars will inform events on earth. This includes implications for God's holy servants, His small flock remnant, who both represent and are supported by God's heavenly kingdom while they do their work on earth. I will discuss the day of the Lord in this passage according to the following sections. Signs in the heavens, general signs in the sun, moon and stars. Additional end times meaning of the sun, moon and stars. I will address each of these topics in its separate section below. Overall, the exercise of anticipating these coming signs related to the heavens and exploring their meaning is according to God's words as follows. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days, and years. Gen 1:14. The day of the Lord is certainly a unique time period during which many who are awake will be watching the skies and paying attention to the signs in the heavens. Many will be looking for associated meaning and understanding. At least some of that which we can anticipate seeing and its meaning is described in the remainder of this passage. Signs in the Heavens On the day of the Lord, the battle that occurs in heaven coincides with highly tumultuous events taking place on earth including those in the tribulation period. The result of this kingdom war will be complete destruction that will ultimately cause a need for a new heavens and a new earth. We are told in Scripture that, the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, 2 Peter 3:10. In terms of signs of this kingdom war in the heavens, we are told more than once in Scripture that the heavens will be shaken and will tremble. They will also become darkened, black, and will have no light. The following Scriptures demonstrate further how the kingdom war on the day of the Lord has its origins in the heavens above. Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place, in the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of His fierce anger is 13:13 And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll and all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth off from the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree for my sword shall be bathed in heaven is 34 to 4 to 5 Whose voice then shook the earth but now he hath promised saying yet once more I shake not the earth only but also heaven HEB 12:26 In part 1 I showed the supernatural signs associated with Jesus fighting from His heavenly throne shortly prior to the time He will come back down to earth and finish off the enemy. These signs indicating Jesus' coming judgment include but are not limited to how He, measures the earth, stretches His hand over the sea, causes His voice to be heard, roars from on high, and looks and startles the nations. The following scripture reminds us further of how His wrath in the day of the Lord will be accompanied by supernatural signs from the heavens. He bowed the heavens also, and came down and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub, and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Peace 18-9-13. Before Jesus comes down and returns, he will be revealed first from heaven. This is a time he described as being immediately after the tribulation of those days, Jesus said about this return in the book of Matthew that the sign of the Son of Man shall appear in heaven along with supernatural signs, which will include stars falling from the heavens. 
stars will also fall from the heavens during a few seal or trumpet judgments that happen in the tribulation period as described in the book of Revelation. This is the time Jesus referred to when he said, Heaven and earth shall pass away. A changing of the guard in the heavens. The heavens themselves will be in distress on the day of the Lord because there will be a changing of the guard in terms of the composition of angels surrounding God and Jesus on his throne. Jesus himself reiterated that the powers of the heavens will be shaken at this time. The stars falling from the heavens as stated above represent this in a couple of cases. These stars represent rejected, rebellious angels similar to those referred to in the book of Jude who we are told left their dominion, became shameful, and for whom is reserved everlasting chains and the blackness of darkness forever, Jude 3. Not the least of these angels who will be cast out is Lucifer himself. Here we are reminded of Jesus' words, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, Luke 10 18. While Jesus will ultimately return to win the war on earth, Satan himself will also return to the earth for a time in the tribulation period to make war with God's people. Lucifer's fall is described in the following scripture verses. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea! For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Rev 12-9,12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? Is 1412-16. Satan will continue the war on earth along with his minion leaders who are already in place and are continuing an ancient war against God's people. Heaven will rejoice when the bad guy has been kicked out forever, and then will rejoice again shortly thereafter when his kingdom on earth is defeated. I address Jesus' defeating of the Babylon kingdom on earth in part 1. Signs in the sun, moon and stars. Consistent with God's shaking of the heavens in the day of the Lord as just described, we are told by Jesus that, in the end times, there will be additional signs in the sun, moon and the stars. In describing this, Jesus said among other things related to the end. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Luke 21 25-26. I will address these signs in the sun, moon and stars in more detail below. Darkness. Most often mentioned related to particular signs in heaven in scripture is that the day of the Lord will be dark, literally as well as figuratively, because the light from the sun, moon, and stars will be darkened. This is consistent with heavens that will become black as described in the section above. Meanwhile, the darkness in the sun, moon and stars is described by several of the prophets in Scripture. The following signs will occur in the end times at a time coinciding with God punishing the world for their evil, executing His destruction among the nations, and is sitting and judging the, nations, round about. We are told. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. Joel 3:15. And when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven, and make the stars thereof dark, I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. Easy 32-7. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light, the sun shall be darkened in his going forth, 
and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Is 13:10. This darkening effect of the sun, moon and stars is especially noted in scripture as it will apply in the time of the great tribulation or the second half of the tribulation period. The instances of this darkness described by the prophets appear to coincide with trumpet judgments in the book of Revelation and likely occur in this same general time period. In one of these judgments, we are told that one third part each of the sun, moon and stars will be smitten. We can assume the effects thereof will be noticeable on earth. In the section above, I describe that just before Jesus returns, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give her light, and the stars will fall from heaven, according to Scripture. Additional Signs in Appearance and Timing In addition to darkness of the sun, moon and stars in the day of the Lord, other signs related to these are that their appearance will change and the timing of their courses will be altered. Related to appearance, we are told that the sun will be covered with a cloud or will become black as a sackcloth of hair, we are told that the moon will become as blood. In terms of the timing of their cycles, there will be a time during the day of the Lord when the sun and moon will stand still, Hab ch. 3, and there will be another time when the sun will go down at noon, M8-9. Similar that which happened in the time of Joshua when he was fighting Israel's enemies in the land, we are told that the sun will stand still again in the day of the Lord while the Lord is threshing the heathen in anger, Hab ch. 3. As the God of Israel who is described in the book of Daniel as the one who reveals wisdom, secrets and understanding to his saints, in the day of the Lord he will not only perform signs in the sun, moon and stars, but we are told that he will change the time and seasons. This is to demonstrate that he only is God in direct contrast with his adversary, the world king, likely the Antichrist, about whom Scripture says will seek to change times and laws. These leaders' beliefs are according to the Antichrist Chaldean system of dialectic confusion that is occult-based, pagan, is built upon false god-worship, and is full of meaningless symbolism through the use of idols. These are the highly deceived world system kings in our current last days time period who God will fully turn over to trust in their astrologers, stargazers and monthly prognosticators. Additional meaning in signs of the sun, moon and stars. There is obviously much deeper meaning to be understood about the sun, moon and stars as these terms appear in various places in scripture. For our purposes and scope on this site, considering end times Bible prophecy, and in this particular passage about the day of the Lord, there are a few generalities and patterns to keep in mind. While still considering appearance, timing and functioning anomalies in the sun, moon and stars as these have been discussed thus far in this passage, it will help to begin understanding how these heavenly entities are sometimes personified in Scripture and take on meaning related to God's people Israel. First, we see examples of stars being personified in Scripture with human-like qualities such as the ability to, praise, sing, fight, glory, wander, rule by night, etc. King David pointed out that God has numbered the stars and calls them all by name, Ps 147-4. One simple example of stars representing God's house of Israel people includes God's covenant promise to Abraham in which he says, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the sea, Gen 22:17. Another couple of prophetic examples of stars personified likely refer to God's small flock remnant that is holy, royal, and righteous. I explained in my recent passage entitled, Gentiles in the End Times, how the Jacob-Judah small flock remnant will be one tool that God will use as a light to the Gentiles and as witnesses, disciples and messengers for Jesus Christ. This subset of the larger house of Israel is likely being referred to in the following verse. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever. Dan 12-3 Otherwise, additional personification of stars in Scripture can be seen in House of Israel members and patriarchs such as those in Joseph's prophetic dream, personified as the sun, 
moon and eleven stars, which appears to be a foretelling of Jesus Christ and those whom he will call his brethren in heaven. Possibly related, the sign in heaven described in the book Revelation, ch. 12, features a woman giving birth to the man-child who is subsequently caught up, we are told that this woman is clothed with the sun, has the moon at her feet, and is surrounded by twelve stars. These heavenly bodies are again symbolic of the Messiah and His holy, heavenly family that is His end times remnant that will remain on earth and have to flee the dragon at this time. The Sun Rising For our purposes in understanding the day of the Lord, we might also consider the sun, specifically, by understanding its meaning in more depth. To begin, not surprisingly, the sun can generally be associated with obvious principles such as light, including brilliant shining, as well as righteousness, and sometimes an open revealing. In terms of the sun's rising, there is obvious directional association with the east. Additional meaning associated with the sun's rising applies to the prophetic story that I have told on this site about the Lord's Jacob Judah small flock remnant army and his spirit of truth who fight the evil adversary in the last day's spiritual kingdom war. First, I have previously described that those in this remnant are primarily of Judah tribal affiliation. Judah is associated with the sun's rising in the east as it is seen first by the tribes on the east side of the tabernacle. Scripture in the book of Isaiah refers to those among this remnant including last day's Jacob who, from the rising of the sun, will call upon God's name after he calls on them to awaken. God says to them, I have not spoken in secret. This is a call to battle at the time the sun rises such as that which is observed in several instances throughout Scripture where the sun's rising is directly correlated with going into battle. I have also previously referred to the tribe of Judah on this site as being the tribe that is historically called to battle first, figuratively speaking, from out of the formation of tribes around the tabernacle. In the day of the Lord, this righteous remnant's battle as part of the spiritual kingdom war will happen upon the rising of the sun as shown in the following scriptures. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and His glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Is 59:19. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings, and ye shall go forth, and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Maul 4-2-3. I have showed previously on this site and in part 1 of this series how the Spirit of Truth is among the Lord's righteous, Jacob Judah remnant of fighting warriors on the day of the Lord. In Scripture, it may be the Lord's Spirit of Truth who is referred to as a sun and shield, Ps 84 11. We are also told in Scripture that from the rising of the sun even unto its going down that the Lord's name will be great. This is because of his warrior characteristics in battle and why we are told that his name is dreadful to the heathen. In fact, speaking of this end times battle of Jesus' spirit of truth who goes forth on earth, we are told that he carries the glittering sword of war and is as the sun. We are further told about him that, upon the rising of the sun, our God shall come, and shall not keep silence, a fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. Peace 50-3. In one specific, well-known familiar judgment of God that is similar to the Lord's destruction in this case, recall that it was when the sun was risen upon the earth that Lot and his family had entered Zoar. At this time, the Lord then rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. It will be the result of the spirit of truths and small flock remnant spiritual kingdom battle on the side of righteousness versus evil that will reveal light to the Gentiles in the end times, such as Jesus' light was to them and has remained through His Holy Spirit since He was on earth. I described this in my recent passage entitled, the Gentiles in the End Times. Gentiles will come to understand the spiritual kingdom war first in the day of the Lord because of God's small flock remnants battle. Meanwhile, the greater, 
worldwide House of Israel will continue to remain blinded for a time. The truth and early victory that comes as a result of the small flock remnants battle will serve as a light in the midst of all of the darkness described herein that occurs in the day of the Lord. In addition to the outcome of the Lord's and His remnants battle, keep in mind the general principle of how the sun's rising and its rays of light alone expose wickedness. In a few examples of this in Scripture, we are told that the sun's rising. 1. Causes the seed that falls by the wayside in the parable of the sower to be scorched, and thus, its root does not take hold, Matt 13-6. 2. Causes the grass and flower to wither from its burning heat, which is a symbol for, so shall a rich man fade away, James 1-11. 3. Causes those, rulers, who camp in the hedges in the cold day to flee away so that their place becomes not known where they are, not 3:17. Thus, in parallel and somewhat related to the Lord and His remnant army's work, the sun and its brightness in revealing all things will destroy those who are engaged in secret transgressions and who practice wickedness in the darkness. It is documented in several places in Scripture how these will attempt to run and hide when truth is revealed. The Sun Setting Considering the story of the Lord's spirit of truths and small flock remnants battle that reveals truth and leads into the day of the Lord, the results and effects associated with their victory can be considered further within the context and symbolism of the sun setting or going down in Scripture. The sun setting is commonly associated with a time of saving, release and rest for Israel from their enemies. It is sometimes also related to a time of sanctification, cleansing and rededication to the Lord. Along these lines, it is a time of healing, as is illustrated when the lepers and sick were brought to Jesus for healing at this time of day. Finally, in several cases, sunset is a time for assuming land on which to live, peacefully. It was upon the sun setting that God gave land promises to both Moses and Joshua. Related to the small flock remnant, in terms of claiming some space away from the theater where they will have been persecuted, the west is the direction for the sunset is a symbolic signal for where the Jacob-Judah remnant will initially be delivered. I have previously described in detail on this site how the west, symbolized primarily by Ephraim on the west side of the tabernacle, is associated with the land and people in the last day's northern kingdom, and I have further described how this is at least in large part represented by the nation of Babylon U.S. Where the Lord's Jacob Judah small flock remnant army resides and fights in their battle. Thus, when this remnant flees to come out of Babylon U.S. At the beginning of the day of the Lord, it is possible that they will physically still remain within its confines. Note, this could mean that the wilderness where they flee is still somewhere in the land of Babylon U.S., albeit it appears that this remnant may have some protection and will possibly be removed from the matrix and surveillance system that is discovered. This time period will not be the right time to return to the land of Israel due to significant troubles there. As the meaning about the sun setting applies further to this time of the day of the Lord, I have previously described that the Lord's Jacob Judah small flock remnant's deliverance out of the time of Jacob's trouble is a sort of saving and rescue process that is done by the Lord. Interestingly, there is also some deeper meaning to the sun and the moon associated with being taken, also in the context of being chosen. This meaning may tie into this remnant being some of the Lord's chosen people. Nevertheless, I have given some detail in prior passages on this site as to how this remnant will likely still have to go through their own sanctification and cleansing process while they are at rest in the wilderness from the turmoil that comes on in the day of the Lord, this time of sunset turns into the time of the moon, which is described below. The Moon In some ways, characteristics of the moon are similar to those of the sun. The moon, like the sun, is sometimes associated with principles of repairing, renewing and making new, it is also associated with principles of cleansing, purging, etc. Of course, it is strongly associated with cyclical timing. 
However, in contrast with the meaning of the sun's light's public transparency and the characteristics of revealing, the moon can be associated with secrecy and hiding. Additional meanings associated with the moon include resting, silence and quietness. Here, the moon's meaning becomes somewhat more comparable to the sun's setting qualities described above. Characteristics of hiding, silence and possibly even the moon's darkening may be associated with the time that the Lord's small flock remnant will be removed at the time of the sun's setting and delivered into the wilderness to hide. This will include the removal of the restrainer likely the spirit of truth, a time that we are warned about many times in scripture is that when the Lord will hide his face. This remnant and their activities will be happening in secret, unknown to the people of the world. To the extent that powerful world rulers know about them, they will make sure to keep this issue quiet. This is likely the same time about which the Lord says in Scripture to His small flock remnant. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee, hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Is 26:20. In continuing with the moon's significance and meaning in relation to the small flock remnant story, one reference to its change in appearance from the book of Joel as noted earlier in this passage is that it will turn to blood in the day of the Lord. This term as it applies to the moon suggests an association with the blood of the slain, including innocent blood. Additional, deeper meaning in the moon is associated with astonishment and dumbfounding. Given these meanings combined, along with what we know from other prophetic scripture, we can discern that there will be those among this remnant who will find out that they have unknowingly been associated with bloodshed. In my passage entitled, Ezekiel's Personal and Prophetic Story, Part 4, I describe that some members of this otherwise righteous remnant that is delivered will likely still need to be sanctified and cleansed, as shown above. This will be due to their association and membership with God's and their own people Israel's adversary the Antichrist Chaldean mob, and thus, having been participants in their tactics. Some in this remnant will have been greatly deceived, believing that they were on the side of righteousness and the law, when they will find out exactly the opposite is true. They will come to a realization that they have been among those who have called evil good and good evil, and thus, will have been engaged in persecuting their own righteous people. Their astonishment and dumbfounding will set in during the moon's cycle at night after truth and light about the mystery of iniquity will have been revealed on the day prior. I have previously surmised that the day of the Lord may begin at the time of the revealing of the mystery of iniquity. This is the time referred to above when God's small flock remnant and his restrainer will go into hiding. This may also be the time that is referred to as Jacob's trouble that begins when the prophet Jeremiah rhetorically asks, Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins? Jer 30-6. It could also be the time that some language in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 applies, such as where Isaiah rhetorically asks in leading off this chapter, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This is the time when some world leaders and oligarchs, especially those in the country of Israel and nation of Babylon U.S. will be discovered for their corruption. I referred to this in part 1 of this series as also a time when these leaders will say peace, when there will be no peace. God says in reference to this event, a time when He will hide His face. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have begotten strange children, now shall a month devour them with their portions. Hoss 5-7. Month here in some translations means a new moon, possibly to include a phase or appointed time where the moon is darkened, also sometimes associated with a festival feast day of Israel. At this time, and in the context of the day of the Lord, the blowing of the ram's horn in some prophetic scripture signals an urgent warning related to the oncoming trouble of war instead of a time of worship or celebration. Thus, this occasion will be a time for hiding for the Lord's delivered, righteous remnant as described above and one of trouble for the Lord's larger, worldwide house of Israel and the Gentiles of the world. The sun, moon and stars darkened. 
in continuing to consider that truth and light that is revealed at the beginning of the day of the Lord, and how the Lord's righteous remnant will then continue to be hidden as all of the heavens and sun, moon and stars become darkened during God's wrath and judgments in the tribulation period. It is interesting here to consider one of God's statutes given in the day of Moses, which is the ancient principle of cities of refuge for His people. Some of God's remnant people fleeing wars, persecution and going into the wilderness in the end times will be seeking refuge as they attempt to detox from the Antichrist Chaldean system. Ancient cities of refuge described in Scripture were created specifically for those who had unknowingly shed innocent blood, such as will be the case for some when it is revealed as described above. A discerning reader will wonder how this might be possible. The satanic dialectic tactics and the ritualistic nature of its mob army has the act of killing its targets programmed, by number, into its model. A willing participant who is controlled by another and has taken an oath to silence, thinking they are doing a good deed, on some occasions is actually instructed by the boss to whom they answer to do something that leads another into harm's way committed by a third, fourth, fifth, etc. silent party involved in the affair. The concept of cities of refuge as it was originally given by God stated that these were to be built on the east of the Jordan toward the sun rising, possibly symbolic of the truth and light that is shed that allows for the discovery of this kind of iniquity. This also possibly hints at an association with the tribe of Judah, in the east, which will be the primary house of the delivered small flock remnant. This tribe carries the scepter, including the house of David in particular. Thus, they have bloodlines that I have described previously who are a primary target for control and set up by the Antichrist Chaldeans, from ancient times all the way through these end times. This has been so that the Chaldeans can witness their sins and hold them to blame, accuse them, and then capture and hold them in bondage. Recall that in the day of the Lord, upon light and truth being revealed as to the mystery of iniquity, much of the house of Israel's own people having been captive but cooperative participants of the Antichrist Babylonian kingdom will be found to have the blood of the saints on their hands. I address the bloodshed of this world system that will be discovered in part 1 of this series. This is also referred to in the book of Isaiah as follows. 4. Behold, the Lord cometh out of His place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, the earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. Is 26:21. Of course, during the day of the Lord, the larger house of Israel and their leaders will have great shame and remorse. They will go through all of the turmoil and judgments of God along with the rest of the world. Amidst many of God's judgments that will come at this time, those who escape and survive will be heavily pursued and persecuted along the way of their exodus from their primary lands of Israel and the U.S. These lands will be invaded by foreign armies. See my prior passages addressing God's coming punishment onto the country of Israel and Babylon U.S. To close the loop from the introduction to this passage, this will be the time when the heavens will be shaken and there will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. These signs and related events will continue throughout the day of the Lord. Tilda. In summary, destruction that will come on the day of the Lord will necessitate a new heavens and a new earth. There are differing views as to the timing of when these will be created. It appears that this will be necessary sooner rather than later, especially given Jesus' words in context of his discussion about the end times where he says that, heaven and earth will pass away. I will describe the destruction that will come upon the earth in the day of the Lord in part 3. Regardless of timing, after the darkness of the day of the Lord that will include the sun, moon and stars not shining, we are reassured that once God's kingdom and heaven comes that light will no longer be needed because the Lord Jesus will be the source of all of the light that we need. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.